0: for Becker. That's the opening goal. Borges and Becker combined. How many times have we seen it over the years?
1: these Halifax Wanderers who have erupted in a goal-scoring onslaught, three in 66 minutes.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Canadian Premier League Newsroom show presented by Volkswagen. For the next hour or so, we will recap week 18 in the Canadian Premier League. And whether you're a long-time listener or a first-time listener, welcome to the greatest era in the Canadian Premier League history. Yes, it's a short history, but trust me, this is the greatest era. Parity continues to be a theme this season, but it isn't really down to anything like mediocrity at all in fact it is the very opposite rested teams real quality on the field fueled by top coaching means we have a remarkably tight tight league league table race and of course a race for the top five playoff spots remember it's two trophies of equal meaning this season and what a weekend we had as we look ahead to this uh, look look past this weekend and look back at the weekend what there was in the results valor fc3 cavalry 2 Another remarkable game on Friday night in the Canadian Premier League and another example of Leeds being relinquished, a familiar theme in the 2023 Canadian Premier League. Halifax 3-Vancouver 0, Morelli with 2 and Ferran with the goal. A comfortable win for the Wanderers as they continue to really just insert their dominance at the Wanderers' Grounds in Nova Scotia. Forge 3, York 3. What a game this was on Saturday night. Kyle Becker started the scoring. Taron Campbell did what he does and scored against York. He got two. Uh, but Kevin DeSantis, Brian Wright, and Mo Babuli played their part, getting a goal each for York United in a six-goal thriller. And on Sunday, Atletico Ottawa continued their resurgence as Ollie Bassett does what Ollie Bassett does. Scores against Pacific, his former team, and that was enough to give them the one no, win. We start the show this week though on Vancouver Island and we head to that game where Charlie O'Connor Clark was all over it for us. Pacific Charlie had a chance to extend their lead at the top of the table to five points following Cavalry and Forge dropping points, uh, but they were unable to do it. This in the end was a classic smash and grab athletic away performance. Pacific left frustrated again. Fair result. How would you score this in terms of the compelling rating? What did you like about it? Yeah,
2: fair result indeed. I'm going to give this one a 7, and I think compelling is a better word necessarily than than maybe entertaining, because I think there were other games in this weekend that were entertaining in terms of attacking play and goal scoring, but this was incredibly compelling and fascinating to watch because you watch Atletico Ottawa kind of do what they do best in many senses. When they take the lead in the first half, they capitalize on an error, they punish a team for that, and then after that, they're free to... Just stay organized, stay compact on that really small, that smaller little pitch at Starlight Stadium. They're able to stay very organized in that 4-5-1 defensively, keep that wide bank and clog up, still clog up the midfield, and just make it so incredibly frustrating for Pacific to play mm. through them, and it's it just it has to be demoralizing to concede the first goal against Atletico Ottawa, especially when you're playing in your own home building, and you make a mistake like that, an uncharacteristic one of, of a heavy touch from Manny Aparicio, and you're one nil down going into halftime and you know how much of a struggle it's going to be just to get back into the game because of how difficult Ottawa make it uh, just to, to find any sort of space or, or to find, you know, any kind of route into the central channels, into the half spaces, because they will let you have the ball in a game like this, but they will not let you have it where you want to have it.
0: Exactly. Um, I think I know the answer to this question, but um, one team only, which team would you not like to be behind against?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Ottawa. I I don't know. I I don't know what you're supposed to do, especially if you're playing at Starlight stadium, right? Like they will sit in that block. And and I know a lot of people maybe don't like it, but it's very effective. It's incredibly effective for Ottawa. And it's not like they don't have to go and score goals as well to get themselves in that position. And it is very, it's very impressive that they're able to do it so well. And the, the commitment across the board from the 11 players that it takes uh, it gets to a point where you can beat a player one on one, but it's not really going to matter because somebody's going to be behind him, still blocking your path to the goal because of how in sync and, and well organized they are. It just has to be demoralizing.
0: Yeah, they were they were relentless, a proper team effort without the ball. And as I alluded to, and you are right, nobody wants to go behind against this team because they're incredibly difficult to break down. Um, we'll talk more about Pacific in a second and their challenges with that. But this is this has been a roll now for Atletico Ottawa. 16 points, I believe, in the last seven games. That's the most in the Canadian Premier League. Um since they left this state, this same stadium at the end of June when they drew 2 2, they trailed Pacific at that time, Charlie, by 13 points. Mm -hmm. um that's six seven weeks ago it's now four they're only four points back i mean they've made up nine points in less than two months it's all clicking uh what do you think's going right now i mean in in many ways it's a bit of a
2: kind of return to i mean in in some ways return to basics a return to what they know they're best at a return to kind of playing to their own strengths and and dictating the tempo and and just the kind of layout of a game where if you play into Ottawa's hands, you're probably not going to beat them at their game, right? It seems like the way to beat them is to not let them do that, to play your game and to make the game wide open and to to have things going back and forth in the pitch being stretched. But if you let them do what they want to do, you just can't. And I think we've seen kind of earlier in the season, they struggled on the road at times, consider- just considering how good they were away from home last year. I mean, I think this year they've it's like almost a full point per game less prior to this game that they had away from home. But uh, you know, we, we've seen them sort of re- remembering the identity and it, it, there's obviously new players that have come into the fold that have had to to be a huge part of it. And obviously I think another part of that and being able to be so organized is you know, last year they had Abdul Sissoko at the base of that midfield and the past few weeks they've had Alberto Zapater, that same kind of experienced, uh, kind of composed number six in that team that I think can be extremely important when you want to play a bank of five defensively in that kind of compact shape. So that's another thing that's changed. But I think in general, this Ottawa team has been kind of committed to it. And they've, they've gotten back to what they know is their greatest strength.
0: Yeah, I was going to say it's not everyone's cup of tea, but in fact, most people don't want it at all. But if you, but you know who does? They do. We've talked about this before. Their fan base embraces it. The players seem to embrace it, even when it doesn't work or when they're losing or they're draw. There seems to be a commitment to the cause that they're playing as a team, which is really important. Uh, versatile as well. They're, they can, people can play in different roles. We saw Malcolm Shomo playing as a default left back without the ball yeah. yesterday, working really hard with it. I highlight that on One Soccer. Um, And that versatility and teamwork was certainly on the mind of Carlos Gonzalez after this one. Let's go back to Starlight Stadium and hear from the Atletico Ottawa gaffer. Ilias Iliadis of course who played his first start for Athletico Ottawa in this game and was very good that's who he was referring to there he also referred to Tia Walker uh Charlie uh, who made his first start by the way 19 year old first professional start had only played two games prior to that and one minute each time I'm um, not sure if he's on this list of your next ones but time for the list of your greats who stood out for you uh in this one and who was really above the rest
2: yeah, I, I think maybe I'll start with Tier Walker. I know we're gonna go back and hear from him in a little bit, but for a 19-year-old Ottawa native to come in and start his first game in a very difficult role with Diego Espino suspended, he has to come at, come in at center back uh, and and play that position. Um, he did incredibly well, I think, in this game. Obviously, you know, Pacific being a, a difficult attacking team to play against in your first professional start, they've got such talented players on on the wings and up front, um, you know, for him to, I, th- I think really not set a foot wrong the entire game. I think he led the team in, in duels one. He, uh, he had, I think it was four or five, four or five clearances in this game. Uh, and and obviously I think it was clearly planned that he would only play the first 65 minutes of this game uh, being a young player. Um, but he, he really didn't do anything wrong. Uh, otherwise on, on Ottawa, Ollie Bassett, continues to be ollie bassett uh at this point for me probably if the season ended today i think he would definitely still be a finalist for player of the year again uh he does what he does best in this game where he is so dangerous on on that transition play he jumps on the ball he gets the footwork in and he finishes at the near post um you malcolm, mentioned malcolm shaw as well uh playing a, a difficult role for him and i think pacific were maybe we're going to get into them in a sec but maybe better than. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're given credit for. I thought Cedric Jacent was really good again in midfield. Um, he had a lot of good work to kind of break up some of those, some of those attempted transitions and to try and spray it out to some forwards that maybe weren't doing enough with the ball as James Merriman will say. But uh, I think, yeah, I think overall the story here is, is Ottawa and, and they're kind of young players that did very well in this very difficult game.
0: Yeah, Nate Ingham was terrific as well. And you mentioned Bassett. We'll hear from Bassett later in the show. Uh, with more on reaction to this one, we'll go back to Starlight Stadium and hear from Tia Walker, who was absolutely fantastic in his first professional start as a 19-year-old player.
3: Well, I've been training with Atletico for um, a while now. So even in training, I've been able to like sort of get acclimatized to the the speed of play and stuff. Obviously, it's different. Playing in a competitive match, but um, I feel like I was prepared, ready. The coaches, staff, everyone gave me um, the confidence to play, as well as the players. So I'm just happy to perform.
0: He performed as well. He was absolutely fantastic and uh, very well spoken. Kid, and great to see him play there and get. Will get a spot this week on the team of the week as well. What about Pacific, Charlie? Um, in fact. You know, before we hear from you, let's go back and listen to James Merriman, their head coach, who had some interesting thoughts on this one, uh, and particularly around the loss of Emir Didic, who picked up a knock in training on Friday. Here's the thoughts of Merriman after the one 0 loss
3: To be honest, I, uh, I, I think we need to be happy with the way that the back four performed. I thought Paul Amadoume was excellent. Um, I need to see the game again, but I don't think he made many mistakes. Uh, Cedric Toussaint was was quite solid. George, um, George Kunle... Uh, Tommy, I don't think Amir was the missing piece today at, at all. Uh, for sure, we need to have more from our midfield, from our two eights um, and, our, and our front three to start and the forwards that came in. Uh, at the end of the day, we need to score goals to win games. And we've had too many games this season with you know, 50, 60 percent of the ball. We have 10 to 15 to 20 shots and, and not enough goals. Today's zero
0: pretty clear where James Merriman's attention is after this one Charlie is he right and if so um you know is it concerning a little bit i think in 11 home games this season they've scored more than one goal only twice what do you yeah. think i
2: mean he is right that amir didic's absence is not the reason that pacific lost this game uh by any stretch and i think this is maybe the most frustrated we've seen james merriman this year it mm. seems like a bit of a a bit of a, you know, a a more serious, a bit of a change in tone for him because he he is, he was very upset after this game and in some of the other clips as well where uh, he was—he kind of just said over and over again, it is not good enough from, and he was kind of happy to say out, out loud the forwards that started the game and the ones that came into the game were not good enough for Pacific in this game. They weren't direct, they weren't creating space, they weren't really causing a whole lot of problems for Ottawa as he thought. I will say that I do think that Amir Didic being in the squad might have given them, you know, a, a bit of help on the four corners that they won in this game, which is obviously a massive part of his game. And I also do think that, as as good as Paul Amadoumi was in this game, I think that the more experienced Didic might know Ali Bassett a little better and step to him a little bit quicker. Maybe not give him as as much space as he had to shoot on that goal, but uh, I I think with Fear Pacific, you can't rely on a clean sheet when you're playing at home. You need those players to be putting the ball in the net. And I think that James Merriman is right. This is incredibly concerning, I think for Pacific, especially playing at home that they haven't been able to score or to really open teams up at all. You know, they can score maybe one or two often from a set piece, but for them to actually unlock a team in open play, it's been a bit of a, a problem for them, especially in the last couple of months.
0: They are really, really good at quite a few things. And that's why they're top of the league. Um, but you want to know what they the worst in the league at? And this is a fact the worst of the league are coming from behind. Yeah. They're the worst. They only have two points from behind, and they have the least amount of leads relinquished in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just said earlier, to bookend this, who's the one team you don't want to be behind the most against? And that's Atletico Ottawa. So as so soon as they went ahead, those of us watching the game, those of us broadcasting the game, knew that this was a major, major test for this team, and, and they were unable to do it. Uh, let's go back for final reaction, get some player reaction. Here's defender George Mukumbilwa. Yeah, like our coach said, we came out, we worked hard, but it wasn't good enough, like I said. So we have to give back training and
3: work on some things that we need to fix and give back next week and hopefully get the two points.
0: George talks about next week. Charlie, what's next for these two in a remarkably tight league that has suddenly got even more congested?
2: Yeah, it stays close, it stays important. Ottawa on the road again. They're going to Winnipeg to play Valor on, I think, Friday night. Uh, and Pacific they've got the big Derby match. Uh, they're heading across the straight to play Vancouver FC and Langley in what I think they might start calling a must win game for them. <laughs> I think yeah, I mean last time they went there they scored six goals, so maybe that's just uh, just what they need, but I think that is going to be a really, really important moment for the Pacific team to you know try and try and stake their claim to remain at the top of the table there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We'll get Alex Gangaruzic on and Mitchell Tierney shortly to recap some of the other games. But Charlie, stay with me now, if you will, as you and I were also in the game on Saturday night in Hamilton. Another absolute thriller. Let's play the highlights because, boy, oh, boy, there were many. Um, Overall, what number out of 10 would you give this one in terms of its compelling factor and why? And should we maybe play the highlights to circus music?
2: Yeah, I think so. Just the, the Benny Hill theme or something, because this was a really weird game in the second half. Uh, I'll give it a nine because I think I've got a, a personal rule against giving tens to draws. I think that's kind of the, the one thing that you need <laughs> in a game to, to put it right over the edge. But my goodness, this uh, the first half was kind of cagey at times. It was a little bit uh, slow. I think York in particular, Martin Nash said they were lethargic in the first half, but then they came out and the game just kind of opened the taps it felt like any team could score at any moment there was a lot of quality there were some incredible crosses at both sides and uh just <laughs> not a lot of defending i guess and, and certainly not a lot of midfield defending i think in this game yeah. there were giveaways all over the pitch there were you know there there was there were some great finishes and some really good moments but it was just a weird game especially for forge to kind of open up and give the ball away and give up goals in the way they did which i think we're going to have to get to here
0: yeah, it was uh, you and I were just watching from the press box. And it was one of those games where uh, you couldn't take your eyes off it. And we, I think we were together for another one earlier this season when it was 4-3 with Atletico yeah. Walker who we were playing there. That was another game as well. So the pure entertainers at Tim Hortons Field are delivering on both sides, which is certainly not what they want. Um, but some of the goals that certainly, if you're watching live here, it's just it was just it was kamikaze football at, at some point from forge. You just it was just ridiculous to watch the way that they let these goals in and the frustration that it led to. Uh, we had a big storm halfway through the game. Credit to all the fans that stayed in and got a little bit of cover and came back. We had a beautiful rainbow, uh, as well shining over Tim Hortonsfield on a Saturday night. Mo Babuli gets another goal against his former team, and uh, he's got a great record at Tim Horton's Field on his own. But in the end, Charlie, they were able to come back and find a way through controversial circumstances. Uh, But Mm. it has to be said, I'll keep the theme going, Forge's record from behind this season, they find ways to get back into games and they did it again. They did, and
2: they do always seem to be that team that you cannot count out of a game, but I think for me it's concerning how often this this has had to happen, especially at home for them this year. Um, Forge are not a team that you think of as being sloppy or having to, to fight back from deficits, but uh, it, it's been a bit of a strange season for them in that respect. And I think for some reason, it seems at times like their attack finds its extra gear when it absolutely has to, mm-hmm. when they fall behind. Um, and I mean, it's, it's fantastic that that, I mean, that gear is never going away. It's always been there. Uh, they'll certainly want to find it when the score is nil nil in games, uh, but I think it is clearly what has set Forge apart over the years in this league that they can find it and step it up, obviously. I mean, the penalty to equalize the game, I don't know what Noah Batten is supposed to do with his arm there. Um, But yeah, I think for Forge, what is maybe notable to me is this is the third time this year they've given up three goals, right? twice at home and once last week in Calgary that's never happened before that's never that's never happened before in a CPL season for them um it obviously a lot of credit is due to other teams in this league for for catching up and finding ways to score against Forge FC but the way that they conceded in this game if you're Bobby Smirniotis, you're furious with it I think there were some really uncharacteristic moments in this game uh I mean the the hijab report giveaway uh leading up to the brian wright goal and then alex johnson is kind of held off a little bit surprisingly easily by brian wright and then it's, it's Janssen's pass across again for the third goal uh that, that kind of leads to that so just a very strange maybe dip in dip in performance in this game from from a couple of of incredible players for forge uh which is surprising to see i think to say the least not not necessarily a longer concerning trend but i think Something that Bobby Smirnios did say after the game was that he doesn't feel like it's been a trend in just the last few games where they give up, they give up dumb goals, they make make silly giveaways. But it, he said that it feels like something that happens consistently every five games or so is they have a game where they're just giving the ball away, like it happened in Vancouver, and I guess it happened it happened against Atletico Ottawa at home, and he thinks that that's even more concerning than if they're in just one isolated trend of two, three games where that's happening a lot. And I, I think that's something that they are going to have to address in, in training this week.
0: Yeah, Valor at home and comes to mind as well earlier in the season when they yeah. had a couple of bad goals in that game as well. Uh, let's go back to Tim Hortons Field and get some player reaction first. Let's hear from Taron Campbell.
3: I'm Not the best. I think uh, we started off well. I think we had a really good game plan going into the game. Um, came out second half and uh, for me it felt like things just started to fall apart defensively as a group. And, uh, yeah, we just – wasn't enough for the win, but we were able to get a tie at the end of things. So, yeah.
0: Fall apart. And that's – fall apart, that's exactly what we're talking about. I mean, defensively, I think there's some growing concerns, uh, as you alluded to, and they've got to figure it out. You know, ultimately, there's players who are not playing at the level that they were last season significantly. Um, and you alluded to it. You know, that's three times now in three games. It's been back-to-back games, by the way. They give yeah. up three goals in a game. Um, you know, they've also, I think relinquished leads four times already. So when they've been ahead, they haven't seen games out last, that's already more than last season. The the forge of last season, the forge we're used to is they get in the lead, they build on it. They don't give it up. Um, so yeah, some, some real concerns now, you know, the league has got better. We know that we, know the league is stronger, um, and it's up for them to catch up. So look, they can still go on and steamroll everybody and win the double here, but there's a lot of, I think some real concerns there. they don't look themselves. Uh, and um, this is not the same team at the moment. They got to figure it out. Time for a list of greats. Um, who stood out for you in this one? Uh, we'll start with who we just heard from Taryn Campbell.
2: Uh, congratulations on becoming a father, as he would, uh, as he indicated with his uh, his celebration of seven goals this year in four games against York United. Uh, out of his his ten in total, which is a remarkable goal scoring record in a derby. Just one of those players that gets up for a game like that, and he was. Incredible. Uh, Kyle Becker continues to be uh, at the absolute top of this league, uh, goal and assist. He's just spraying the ball really anywhere he wants it on the pitch, just pinning it to to the feet of whoever whoever needs the ball. Um, and then uh, Benny Batty Banga for Forge uh, comes in for that first start on that wing, and immediately looks like a player that Forge trusts. Right? He's a player that they don't have. In any other, any other part of their squad, he's got so many different elements and his dynamism, his ability to take on defenders with a lot of pace. Uh, he went looking for the ball at times in this game, drifting off that left wing, dropping into midfield, interchanging with Kyle Becker a lot. There were times when Batty Bango would be dropped into midfield and Becker was playing way out in the wing just because new guy wanted to get his feet on the ball. He wanted to get touches and get involved in the game. And he was just so dynamic and electrifying to... Kind of receive those passes and and take guys on try and beat defenders. Um, so I think that's that's the the three I'd pick out for Forge York. Obviously, getting a, an important point on the road though here, so they deserve some credit. Uh, I thought their double pivot was quite good, Brem Samaro and, and Jeremy gagnon Uh We we I kind of mentioned earlier how Forge's uh, defensive midfield wasn't necessarily as strong as it as it usually is, and maybe part of that is down to. Uh, York's pair um, who did a, a very good job I think of of breaking things up and spraying the ball themselves outwards uh you, you don't always mention a goalkeeper after uh, uh conceding three goals either but Adisa Di Rosario in his debut for York I think had some good moments uh unfortunate that he, he stops the penalty and then Taron Campbell puts it in anyway tough but... one it, it's always tough when you see a keeper do that i think i'm i think i'm on board with adam jenkins that the the penalty taker shouldn't be allowed to touch the ball next after it's saved but uh, but yeah yeah there were there were definitely some standouts across the board in this game
0: yeah there really was uh benny badavanga almost made the team of the week this week uh but it was so many good players he missed out uh we have our own benny and our producer extraordinaire Benedict Rhodes. Uh, And, you know, he's got some great nicknames, but it doesn't get any better than saying Benny Badibanga. Sorry, Benny. Uh, Let's go back to Tim Field and hear from Bobby Smiriotis on his new Belgian recruit
4: an intelligent player. Not only is he technically gifted on the ball, but uh, he really knows how to move in, in space and, in the attack and to be honest, he does a very good job in how he moves in spaces uh, defensively but uh, you know, if you can have a guy like him and Becker uh, playing close together, I think that gives you a different dimension in, in the games and it uh, gives something for, for opponents to think about. Um, you know, A little bit more directless, uh, a little bit more of a player to, to really go at uh, some defenders and his combination play as well too. Like I said, you know, he's been in for a couple of weeks he's adjusted uh, very well or got in to it you know he comes from a, from a background of, of football that's quite similar to what we want to play which always uh, which always helps so I think he's uh, fit in well and uh, you know we expect him to be a guy that gives us a boost as we go into this final stretch of the season
0: final stretch of the season okay Charlie we've talked in depth about Pacific we've talked in depth about Athletic Ottawa we've talked a lot about Forge and now we're going to talk a bit about York as well all four teams, by the way, in serious contention, not only to win the league, but also to get into those five playoff spots. What of York? Back-to-back games where they've given up a 3-2 lead on the road, uh, which is I- not ideal, but also a, t- a game where they-, they were trailing in this one. And if, you know the way that they played in the second half, you could see that they really exploited Forge's weaknesses. And a lot of their attacking players deserve a lot of credit. What did you think of them? And what was the overall thoughts talking to some of their coaches and players after this one?
2: Yeah, I think, given how tight the table is, York will feel like it's it's frustrating to give up three points at Tim Hortons Field, which would be a a massive prize for them. I mean, they've already done it this year, but considering that Forge went to York earlier this year and or just a probably just over a month ago and won four uh, nil, York really wanted this one. And at times, I think when they scored that third goal, it kind of felt like they might get that. Mm -hmm. but uh, I think a lot of credit is due to York for doing something that is very difficult to do against Forge, which is play the game on their terms because York come out of halftime and decide, well, we're down by a goal. We need to open this game up. We need to get things moving. We need to find our way back into it. And they were able to do that. I think the game maybe got a little bit out of hand for Forge. They didn't want it to go to that tempo or to take that kind of wide open end-to-end sort of, sort of pace. And, and I think that's because York wanted exactly that to happen. And it did. Um, they, were, they were able to score three goals in the second half, which is incredibly impressive against a four team. You know, you're playing at Tim Horton's field. Uh, but yeah, Martin Nash said it after the game, they have given up a lot of points in the last 10 minutes of games this year. Uh, this is the fifth time. I think he said it was like seven or eight. It's not quite that bad. It's <laughs> the fifth time they've given up. Uh, they've dropped points with a goal in the last 10 minutes. I think there was one other uh, against Valor where they dropped it in the last 20 minutes. So that's not that's not fun either. Still but a lot, right? It's a lot. It is. It is. It is. And you want to see a team be able to lock those games down and to lock those results down. I mean, we do. Again, it does kind of hang over this the way they dropped those points in this game uh, with, with the penalty. But I think Forge actually had a ton of other chances late in this game, even when they had drawn level. I think there's the one that... Uh, Taron Campbell kind of got around De Rosario and I think mm-hmm. there was a, a save off the line from one of the York defenders, it might have been Mortacutas. Uh So I think there is a little bit of concern that they opened the game up and then when they were kind of, a, we, when they were like, okay, we've done our scoring, we needed to calm down now, they couldn't get it back and the game was already out of hand for them. So Forge kind of jumped on that as well. Um, but I think there was a lot to like in the way that York came out of that halftime break after being really sluggish and, and not really... Uh, having a lot going
0: on the attacking side of the ball in the first half, yeah, let's go back and get some reaction from their coach. Here's Martin Nash. I was looking for more energy um to get in their face a bit more they had too
5: much time in the ball first half um, and you know we had to let the game open up a bit to get back in it. I felt so we got back in it and uh, you know, and I was impressed with the fight we had to to go back and take the lead, get up three two and you know I was saying uh, uh, talking tomorrow there at the end I think it's seven games now in this season that we've given a goal in the last 10 minutes that cost us points so we got to find a way to grind these uh, results out
0: York are in the middle of a very difficult stretch. We talked about it. they got a point in Ottawa. they got a point in Hamilton. Next up, they go to Calgary to play Cavalry, who are definitely hurting after what happened to them. We'll get into that very shortly as well. Forge next week will host Halifax and what will be a great game on Saturday as well. Charlie, thanks so much for playing Double Duty this week as ever. We appreciate you. Keep up the great work and, of course, read Charlie's work at campiel.ca uh, finally though we head back to tim horton's field and i caught up with one of the key goal scorers for york united after this one christian jack alongside mo babuli after a six goal thriller share the spoils three three goals each uh game reaction is presented by Allstate. mo overall what are your feelings on that one down and then up and then tied
3: yeah i mean for us uh, we came back um we came back in the second half and we showed a lot of character which we were obviously very proud of, and that's something we want to carry on for the rest of the season. Um, We felt hard done with a few calls, um, but, I mean, that's part of the game. The refereeing has been uh, up and down this year and
0: just inconsistent, but we'll take what we can from it. We'll take the positives and we'll build on it. You'd say the positives, I mean, you're down at halftime. What was said in the dressing room to turn that around? You guys took an incredible leap forward in the second half to get those three goals. Yeah, I mean, we, we
3: just said we got to be cleaner with the ball. we got to move the ball a little bit faster and we got to come out with a little bit more energy. And that's what we did. We got a goal early and, uh, you know, we just kept going forward from there. Um, even when we got conceded the second goal, we just kind of jumped back onto what we were on before and, and, and got the second one.
0: It's back-to-back back weeks where you've tied 3-3 away from home Both very difficult places to go. But you played here a lot for obviously this champion team. You've got a pretty good record here ever since you come back with York United. You scored here last year in a win. You've obviously won earlier this season. you got another goal here. What is it about this place that's pretty special not only for you but for this team when you know that you can compete with a team like that? What does that do for your confidence?
3: Uh, For me, it's uh, any team we play, it's it's the same objective. Um, We want the team to win. We want guys to score. Um, Like you mentioned last week, we scored three goals, and anytime you score three goals, you know you got to see out the game and win, uh, take the three points, and move on. But uh, yeah, I mean, great atmosphere out here, as you can see, kids, families um, on a Saturday night coming supporting throughout the rain and everything. So. Um, yeah, definitely definitely nice place to come play, and obviously you know, we're both, both teams in the GTA.
0: As you mentioned, over 5,000 here again in the Saturday night. I saw you had a little bit of a smile at the end with Becker. Um, what's it like to go up against someone like that, who obviously had a great game and scored like, like yourself?
3: Yeah, I mean, Beck scored, I scored. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously a great leader for this group and, and, and making sure that the standard is high here, and he's been doing it for five years now. Um, but, you know, the standard for Becks is pretty high, and, you know, he's a,
0: he's a true professional. Uh, carries himself well and leads his team to do good things. Last one for you, Mo. Obviously, back-to-back draws. I think you're unbeaten now in four away from home. Your away record is pretty good. What was the message there in the dressing room as you continue this playoff push? Yeah, we know we know we play a good away.
3: And uh, for us, unfortunately, at home, we, we, we struggled a little bit. And, you know, we've got, I think, eight games left. Yep. Uh, we just got to make sure we get into the playoffs
0: and then anything can happen from there. Well, good luck, Mo. Great to see you scoring again. Big point for you. Keep up the good run. Appreciate you. you. Appreciate it. Man. Thanks. Always terrific to catch up with Mobile Bully, who's turned out to be a terrific leader. You can just see him in person. He's always there helping out the young players in particular on York United. A reminder, you can still play CPL Predictor weekly, brought to you by our friends at tonybetcampiel.ca.ca slash predictor. Choose the correct scores, get them right, listen to some of our experts on here for some picks, and you could win $20,000 tickets to games. It's all there on the site. Halfway through, we move now on to the early game on Saturday, and we head to Halifax, where the Wanderers look to respond in a short week with a short memory after a holiday Monday loss at home to Pacific. We bring our own Alex Ganguruzik for this one. AGR, great to see you again, my friend. It turned out to be almost the perfect day for the host. What went right? What did you like about this one?
6: Yeah it was, a, it was a good day for for the Halifax fans you, they were certainly Feeling a bit sore after the loss to Pacific, but as we know, sometimes you just got to let that go and move on. And they certainly did that. Just a fantastic start here, as you see, Andrew Rampersad found Joao Morelli, first goal at the Wanderers grounds since September of 2021. Obviously, a special moment with his family making the you know making the journey up to Canada. So it was it was special for that. And then from there, Halifax was just dominant. They they were all over Vancouver. It wasn't maybe the most typical Halifax game because they kind of let Vancouver have a bit of the ball, but they were just relentless in their pressure. They're hitting a bit more on transition. And then in the second half, they kind of broke the game open. So overall, it was a you know a, a strong performance from Halifax, a big three-no win. And they're, they're, they're slowly turning the Wanderers' grounds into a fortress. And I think that's something uh, that's, that's been a big uh, storyline for them this season. And it's been a big reason behind this uh, latest push.
0: Yeah, you alluded to it in your fantastic analysis piece, Campio.ca. Best home record in the league comfortably, by the way. Now, and um, you know, this was what you need when you when you've got a home record that that they've got. Sometimes you need those games. It was pretty one-sided. Maybe a little bit of fortune on that one, but Morelli standing up again to step up for the penalty. Thought it was also pretty smart that he stayed away. A lot of teams are doing that smart thing now with penalty kicks, where the taker doesn't necessarily hold the ball right away, so he can avoid all the all the chirping and all the the the, the extra kind of curricular stuff that people want to shout at a penalty taker beforehand and every credit i thought goes to massimo ferron as well agr who again just continues to be a major major player for patrice geyser on this team whether he scores or not he's a is a he's a big player for them now
6: yeah Farron's a fun one too because yeah he's just he's so smart i think that's the thing that stands out uh for for a wide player he might not be the quickest he might not be you know, he's not going to have the most trickery in the league, but he just always gets himself in a good areas, like just a millimetered run, great finish. And and that's just what he does. And there's a lot of players like that on this Halifax team. Uh, It's maybe one where as a collection of individuals, uh, you know, other than maybe a few names, a lot of these players, you won't really notice unless you keep an eye, but they just all work as key cogs in the system and and they'll have their role to play. And I think that's, that's part of the success, right? You kind of know what everyone does. Like, you know, what Caligari is the heartbeat, you know, uh, what Dan Nimick's doing, Yan Fillion, even Wesley Timoteo, who I highlight in the analysis, has mm-hmm. played a huge role as of late. Farron, uh, it all, just every, you look at every player in this roster, even someone like Daniel Henry has come in, he's played three games off the bench, you can already tell he has a role, and I think that credit has to be given to Patrice Geyser, that the, this team is, it's really a sum of its parts right now, and that's a, in the most beautiful way in terms of the football they play and the results.
0: It's really, really exciting. Uh, let's go back to Wander's Grounds and hear from their head coach, here's Patrice Geiser.
5: This is the cool game we love and we have a short week. So we talked about adversity, number one. We had a couple of goals and one of our biggest goals is never lose two games in a row. You don't lose two games in a row in this league, you're gonna make the playoffs. So that was the big message this week. And then we wanted to rotate guys. We wanted to bring in some fresh legs. So Jordan Peruta will start first. first start of the season. Um, Riley Ferrato who was out last week, gets introduced to go back in the lineup. So we thought that the next thing would have been to adjust and bring some fresh legs, to bring some enthusiasm. And then, you know, the, the last one is, to be honest, I think Vancouver is actually a great team. I know they're at the bottom of the table, but they tied Valor. You look at the game before, you know, so close, even two, three games before that, but York only lost 2-1. So they're so close to be a good team. I mean, Diaz was the top, Goal scorer in this league, Sean Hundo, batar they're dangerous up front. So you can't take them lightly. So I think that for me, really the focus was not even talk about the opponent and just say, hey, we didn't get the result we wanted. Let's bounce back, come out with hunger and energy. And I thought the guys ran their socks off then.
0: He alluded to it, AGR. Last season's Wanderers lost back-to-back games five times. This year, none. They still haven't, even though that difficult run at the start of the season when they started these games with eight games in a row off the start without a win, they still didn't lose back-to-back. He knows what he's talking about. And now you see this team suddenly as being a team where no one's going to want to play them at that Wander's Grounds, right?
6: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can see it. It's, uh, there's just everything going for them. I think it feels like they finally have taken advantage of the advantage of playing at home and and. There's a lot to like. I think, for example, the way they play the grass there, it's one of those where if you train on turf all the time, you play on turf, it is a bit different to go on a bit of a longer grass and Halifax, they train on that, that, that surface a lot. They play on it. They know how it, it kind of works. And you got guys like Caligari who can play one, two touch on that grass. You see sometimes away midfielders, they come and they can't play one, two touch because it's just, mm-hmm. it's a different surface. It's a, an adjustment period. Then the crowd noise—they're, you know—they're doing a good job of, of of using that, and I think it's great to see because we've always seen Wanderers grounds as a potential fortress, but they just never really got the success at home. And it's great to see, yeah, not only that they're winning at home, but like Patrice has said, he wanted to do since day one. They're really starting to entertain at home. Like just look at the collection of goals they've scored there. Uh, you, you pick, you can pick some goal of the year candidates out of some of the ones they, they they've scored, yeah. and that's what you want, right? You want to give your fans wins, goals uh entertainment i think they've ticked a lot of those boxes pretty much every game bar maybe what the york united loss earlier this year every other game has ticked off that, that that box for me
0: uh seven games in a row now they've scored in the league at home that's the club record as well um we mentioned it. You went through it to Matteo, as you alluded to. We'll be in the team of the week this week. Um, you wrote about him. Rampas had a terrific assist. We know what Nimit can bring. Uh, Fillion has been very, very steady in goal. We could go on and on and on. There's so many different players. Caligari gets the love. Um, it was just the Morelli show, though, in 2021. And it almost now seems like they've got, a you know, this complimentary star actors all around him. Um but has he shown that he's still really the main star, the talisman here for this team?
6: Well, he certainly has the flair for the dramatic. I think we've seen it between his return to York and the the he just he, he wants these big moments. And I think that's kind of key for Halifax. because They have a lot of good pieces up front, a lot of even great pieces in, in some regards. But as we see Morelli, he just he wants to be that guy. And sometimes you need that up front. Especially at the number nine, the striker position, you sometimes you just need someone who wants to step up take the uh, you know just take the brunt of the the pressure take everything on his shoulders and that kind of helps the players around him and I think that's uh, that's that's something that Morelli's he's embraced and you could just see uh, the the way he took that first goal. Like that was a a stunning finish. Not easy to turn across like that into the far corner. Most will try to go near post. Most will miss with the connection and he guided it so effortlessly. And and you can just see the lift it's given to the players around him. It's giving a bit more space to to Farron because teams are starting to remember that, oh yeah, Morelli, this guy, he's he's an MVP. He's looking like he's back to to full health. You got to keep an eye on him. And yeah, Farron's benefiting from it. Uh, When Dio Colon's been on the field, he's been benefiting from it. Aiden Daniels, Jordan Perutz was getting in some good pockets because everyone was so focused on Morelli. And that's perhaps what Halifax needed in the attack. Because as we've seen this year, it's been a bit of a score by committee thing. And that's not a bad approach. Pacific's done it to a very good success over on the other coast. Um, But they've just maybe wanted a guy to step up in those big moments. And so far in, in the recent weeks, Morelli looks like he's someone who has no problem doing that, as we know he
0: does. Yeah, Zhao's uh, young son and wife arrived in Halifax 48 hours before the game. He had the privilege of carrying him out before the match. And obviously, it gave him some good luck as well. Let's go back and hear from the Brazilian Morelli after this one.
5: I said it felt like the old days. Um, the crowd always helps us. Uh, so, I mean, it just felt great to, to start again. Um, our game plan worked out this time better. I mean, we had, we had some ups and downs during the game, but the, the most important thing that we kept our focus, uh, and it, we got an early goal too, that helped a lot. Um, but I mean, it feels great. It feels great to be on the score sheet and twice.
0: We heard some coach reaction earlier from Patrice Geiser, was very complimentary of Vancouver. Let's hear from them now and their head coach. Here's Ashton Gopi. You go down the goal so early, I think it becomes very difficult to come back into this game. A lot of it has to do with, obviously, the players struggle with uh, uh, the travel, the time
5: difference, and the natural grass. But again, no excuses. We should uh, start better. We should be sharper. And I think when you're in a position we are as a team and things start wrong, it's very difficult psychologically as a team to recover. Uh, Having said that, I felt that we had some really good opportunities to come back into the game. Even in the first half, we had some really good looks. We got into good positions. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I think our players were too emotional and, and lost their concentration already. And, and the final decision in the passes were
0: um, missing the quality needed or the precision needed. AGR, hey, is that a pretty fair assessment there from Ashvin? I mean, they've only got two goals now in the last five games. Is that... I know you wrote about their offensive struggles. Is that expect, expected or with some of the talent there, should we see a little bit more from them?
6: Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a twofold one, I think, for sure, because certainly it's, again, we have to always remember it's an expansion team. Uh, sometimes just it's it's little things and we've kind of, you, you see it when you, you you peel back the curtain sometimes. It takes, you know, you got to learn a lot about these players and Cause I think Patrice had a great quote about it on the other side or in that press conference. He's like, cause you know, he's, he keeps saying for him, it's like an expansion team. He said on his end, it's about finding out who plays better home versus away, who plays better up front, who kind of fits in roles for each other. And that's also a process Vancouver is going for who, who kind of fits in with each other. We saw, you know, for weeks, it was Mikhe- Mikhail Cantave was was in there. All of a sudden, the last few weeks, he's been out. How do you f- get Hundal and Diaz to play off each other? Where does Batar fit in? They've been kind of answering all those questions. So, yeah, it's one of those where you kind of have to figure out the combinations. But I, I think on the flip side, there is talent there. And I think that's – it's surprising to see them struggle to this extent because mm-hmm. – Diaz, we know he can put the ball in the back of the net. He showed it in his first two games. Uh, perhaps maybe the rust is caught up to him a bit, a bit of that fatigue when you're getting back in a match rhythm. But he still can be dangerous. Sean Hundal's getting in the dangerous areas. You would think some of them would fall for him. Uh, batar has been playing well lately, but you know he's been almost like playing well on an island at times. Like, can he you know find that link up with his teammates those final moments? Um, so I think there's talent there. They just have to find a way to put it all together and. It, it, it's it's hard to describe because they're, yeah, again, it's the talent. And then even there's performances in there. I'm not looking at either of them and being like, okay, someone's playing bad, but it kind of feels like they're all on different lines. Like it just feels like that chemistry, that connection, it's it, it's not quite there yet. And of course that would, that'll, they'll take time, but I'm surprised, especially the, the last surprise was that they actually scored a fair amount of goals to start the season. It wasn't, you know, regular, but they had, I think it was, you know, around 10 goals in their first 13 games or uh, something, you know certainly now it's before Diaz before Cantabby, before all these guys you'd think they'd come in and, and help bring that to a further level and that's been the surprise but I guess it shows sometimes it's not as easy as plucking a couple of good players and be like okay go score you have to figure out the combinations you have to figure out the chemistry and all that
0: yeah it almost feels like they restarted again you know with a lot of new additions coming in and uh, almost like, uh, you know, they've, they've almost made adjustments and thought, you know, we don't want to continue with these kind of players and then continue to move forward and hopefully they'll be the beneficiaries of that later in the season. Um, what's next for these two? Mouthwatering clash at Tim Hortons Field as Halifax go on the road to Hamilton to take on Forge and then AGR, a game you're always at and it doesn't get much better than this and pretty special for the CPL. Another derby in um, uh, that, that, Langley this weekend. So that should be pretty good for these teams.
6: Yeah, it should be a good, uh, another great weekend. I mean, Halifax Forge—it's a big one for the table. You just look at how tight it is. Can Halifax maybe get a bit of revenge? Cause last time they went to Tim Hortons Field, they had the lead for most of the game and then kind of dropped the, 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 you know, back earlier in the season when they weren't quite fully at their best. So I think they'll give Forge a good game, and Forge needs to respond after you know uh, them dropping points in the derby. And then, I mean, the BC Derby—it's going to be a great one. I think it's something where. No, look, no doubt, Pacific are the favorites. They won the first two. They're, you know, they coming off a tough loss, and I'm expecting them to come in and play very well. But for Vancouver, I mean, they've said it. This is if they want to make the playoffs, they got to start winning immediately. And even if the, if, if you're forgetting the playoffs, you're going ahead to, to next year. You're looking to the future. What a morale boost that would be! Like, look, we beat one of the top teams in the league, our rivals, our neighbors. That it could be one of those moments where maybe it doesn't have impact this season, but it can kind of galvanize them into next year, being like, look, we can go up against top teams like Pacific in our home, beat Forge there, beat Halifax there. So it's not like they've beat you know they beat some pretty good teams at home. Add Pacific to that list, and that will be great for the confidence. So I'm I'm looking forward to that one for sure.
0: Yeah, you'll be there for us, and as ever, we'll recap it next week on campier.ca, and of course, here on the on the Newsroom Show, brought to you by Volkswagen. Thanks again, AGR. Chat with you next week. Keep up the great work. Um, final stop of the show takes us to Winnipeg for a pulsating Friday night clash. What a game this was. Uh, Mitchell Tierney, we'll bring him in, was all over this one for us. Mitch, great to see you again. Uh, another barn burner that you're on, by the way. Overall, what number of ten out of 10 would you give this contest in terms of its compelling facts, and why? What did you like about it? Or should we say, how could you not like this one?
7: Yeah, exactly. I think it's an easy nine out of 10. Um, for the first 50 minutes, you know, I'm pretty much ready to write the William Accio's triumphant return to IG field headline, you know, after he scores just the, the eighth and then uh, 48th minute coming out of the the halftime break there. But uh Critically, Valor they scored just three minutes after Akio's second goal and kind of ride the r- momentum from there uh, to a three-two victory. Maybe not as impactful a result uh, in the table as I'm sure they would have hoped, considering what happened elsewhere th- this past weekend. But from an emotional standpoint, you know, a real opportunity to be a rallying point for this this Valor side and a, a match where I think as things are progressing in the season and things are getting so tight in the table and these matches matter more and teams are playing each other for the third and or fourth time, you know, we almost expect them to be a little more cagey, but we're getting the opposite a little bit. There's been so many goals the past few weekends and this was another match that uh, was kind of an example of that
0: yeah that's a great point we were talking a little bit about that on one soccer this weekend in terms of the rest i think really helping you can see the more there's a lot more uh, goals a lot more open games um and teams are definitely taking advantage of it we're seeing more and more leads of the season being given up which i think shows that every game matters there's lots of reasons for teams to do that and that was another great example of it uh, we will get into valor and boy they need they, they deserve their praise in this but the biggest story is undoubtedly this one cavalry lose a game Uh, after having a two-goal lead for the first time in club history. Were they masters of their own downfall, or do Valor deserve a bit more credit for that?
7: I mean, you don't overcome a two-goal deficit by accident, so Valor definitely (laughs) deserves some credit in this, but um, I do think it was what Tommy Wieldon Jr. labeled it as after the match, which is a pretty humbling lesson for them um, in the sense is, you know, coming off of probably their best performance of the season in a 3-0 win against Mm. Forge, Um, It's kind of been a combination of their two biggest Achilles heels this season, which is dropping points from winning positions and, you know, their away form. Uh, 15 points now that leads the league that they've dropped from winning positions. That's not a stat that we've talked about a lot recently, to their credit, but it's one that we seem to bring up every week on the show um, early on, on the season. And, you know, now they just have 12 points from, from 10 away matches, which trails uh, Pacific and forge who have 16 and 17. And those are, you know, the the top three. So if you want to look at kind of those fine margins that separate them at the top of the table, there's where those points are made up. And, you know, I don't necessarily think Shom's inverted fullback position really worked uh, on a wider IG field. You know, Valor kind of exploited that side a lot. And once they went up, I just didn't see that defensive commitment that you, that you want to see from a team uh, to see how to result away from home. And, you know, Tommy Wilden Jr. mentioned it uh, again earlier, a couple of weeks ago, you know, all these teams can win at home. It's really what you do away from home that might make the difference down the stretch. And, uh they they have to step up um away from home if, if they're going to win the regular season title
0: yeah some great numbers there and and i think they'll make cavalry fans smile and cry at the same time <laughs> no because in many ways it tells you what a great team they have i really believe they got a really really good team strong mm-hmm. team a lot of depth there for the taking i mean they'll be happy pacific lost this weekend no doubt because that obviously keeps the, the 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 gap only two points at the top but 15 points drop from winning positions. They only have 30. I mean, imagine if they'd only if, imagine if they'd, if they'd only had five or something, like a lot of yeah. teams. They'd have a huge lead at the top of the table now. Um, you mentioned it. Let's go back and listen to Tommy. Here's Tommy Wilden Jr. after this one.
3: Yeah, disappointing really, to be honest, because um, we knew said it before the game, it wasn't gonna be the same game as it was last week. And the sign of a really good side. Um, and the one that wants to be in the conversation is come here and, and give a good-away performance. Uh, we needed to be as tight as we were defensively when we last came here, and to be 2-0 up you know, within the first few minutes of each half was very good. Then I just want to see us shut it down. I think we invited pressure. We've given a soft corner away, didn't defend it, give a soft penalty away right after, and then we're chasing the game, and I don't like it when we're in that situation. So uh, I think it's a very humbling lesson for us at this part of our journey, and, and one will embrace, lick our wounds, and move on.
0: As ever, pretty fair uh, assessment from Tommy. Their last six games, lost, win, win, loss, win, loss. So, uh, you know, up and down a little bit from the Cavs. One of the individuals here, Mitch, who stepped up and stood out above the rest for you?
7: Yeah, I was really impressed with uh, how Valor's midfield kind of helped them get back into the game. Diego Gutierrez in particular, um, setting up the the first goal with a, just an excellent cross and then scoring the penalty. But Marcello Polisi had a, had a good role to play in um, the, the second and third goals in terms of the the cross he plays in that creates the chaos to, to win that penalty. And then uh, long ball switch, he plays to Kian Williams. Um, I liked Walter Ponce, uh, his, his work rate, and making that back post run to to score the winner. And then Clyde Chella, um, you know, he he should have had a goal in the first half, but he made good on that with uh, his header and a critical goal. Um, if they don't score that goal, you know, three minutes after uh, the the second Cavalry goal, who knows where it goes from there? Maybe Cavalry are able to to build on on that result. Like I think most of us thought they might uh, after scoring the the second. So. Um, he also won 8 of 10 duels, so, you know, solid performance at the back as well. Kian Williams, uh, another good one, especially once he shifted it wide. And, you know, I mean, you have to give credit to, to Akio scoring two goals despite the the loss. Um, it was was fantastic. And another good sign for Calvary that he's playing at the, at the level he is um, because, you know, they're going to need that from him down the stretch here.
0: Yeah, William Accio, his first trip back to play his former team, kind of didn't celebrate, then kind of did in the same run. That was kind of fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> let's go back and listen to Willie Accio after this one.
3: On a personal note, it feels good to score goals, obviously, and um, especially 2-0 But, you know, when you lose the game after a performance like that, it just kind of stinks. But, you know, we just keep moving and we move on to the next.
0: He looks good in red, but it's still a little weird. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say that. <laughs> we'll get used to it. He does look good in red. Um, Diego Gutierrez was phenomenal. I don't think we can over put, over talk about the importance of that corner. The way he hits that ball, it's almost undefendable at that point. It, it was absolutely brilliant delivery. And the way he strikes penalties, is. I, I think I'd pick him. Out of any CPL player in the league, if I, if I had a penalty I want to take, I'd, I'd pick him the way he strikes him. Um Just carried the team uh, on his back after this one. Um, let's go back and listen to Guti after
5: this 3-2 victory for his side. It's hard when, when we lose one nil you know in seven minutes. It's hard to to believe that moment. But in the second half this, the coach speaks a lot. We we push all the team. The guys say, come on guys, we we have to be better. It's not again. Again no. So I don't know. The switch we have a switch like that way. Of course not our way because the guys, the guy uh, score, scored like five minutes in the second half. After this, I see every ice eye, in the team. We have the switch, but in, we, we deserve
0: it. They did deserve it. And Philip De Santos deserves a ton of credit for some of the changes he made, Mitch. Um, before we talk a little bit about that, let's go back and hear from him as he's asked by yourself, I think, and others, uh, about the influence of his captain, Diego Gutierrez.
5: He's important. Uh, we know he's an important piece in our team just for the way he allows the team to breathe and in possession, be a bit more composed. The truth is I'm hard on him because I think that he could be so much better. Um, I look at many chances he gets in between the lines and he he could release a teammate with a little bit more quality and that maybe you're talking about a second assist. Maybe you're talking about more points. So I'm hard on him. I liked what I saw tonight. I still think he has another gear in his game and I'm going to keep pushing him for, for him to reach that other gear.
0: Who would be a football coach, eh, Mitch? you got a great head of hair. Phil chooses not to. He's a stylish guy as well. But if he did have your hair, he may have pulled it all out during this game. But thankfully, he was on the winning end of it. And I think he deserves credit for it. The down 2-0 season's over at that point. It's done. And then suddenly they get that one goal. Then he takes off two attacking players, Salamani and Nian- Nian And and I know the commentators were a little bit shocked, shocked about that. But it just freed up Rendon, Novak came on, Gutiérrez kind of took over the game. Uh, and that's what coaches are there for, no? He deserves a ton of credit to be able to turn this around. And suddenly they can believe again.
7: Yeah, uh, they can a little bit. Um, he also credited prayer. Uh, he said he prayed a lot during the, when they were down 2-0. And he's like, you know, sometimes football is crazy like that. But Amen. um you know, I, I think uh, I think there is reason to believe, but it's more emotional versus uh, practical or statistical. I mean, you know, this is a match that certainly isn't maybe the blueprint for Valor's success going forward. In the sense that, you know, again, I think this is the fourth straight game where they allow that early goal, and, and Gutierrez talked about that a little bit. Um, but at the same time, when you're able to come back from from two nil down, um, and given they hadn't scored three goals in a match all season, I don't believe like that is that's a massive accomplishment um and and they seem to to believe as well and i liked how direct and decisive they were especially like you said once those substitutions came on as good as pacific Nyongabire is sometimes he can get caught up you know he can get the ball caught in his feet a little bit and and maybe not go straight at goal in the same way that that some of the other valor attackers do so uh, i thought that was pretty important and you know pretty crucial for them uh they have lead the league in draws this season with eight and so to come back to overcome that two goal deficit not just to get a tie but to get three points i think that's that's bigger than anything and obviously the, the math takes some of the fun out of it as is, is the universal truth of, of life i think um but uh they're still where they started the weekend eight points out and they need wins because that's the the first tiebreaker something that uh, i think is really worth mentioning is as, as we start to get into a lot of that tiebreaker talk but um I think at the end of the day, an, an emotional uh, victory for them, and and one that could become a rallying point.
0: Yeah, um, ultimately they got to take care of what they can take care of, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or you know, what will you know that they they will be very excited by the fact that they got that victory. Look, if they don't get enough points in the end, then that will be will be. But they can't. The, the last thing they'll want to see is just after season just collapse on them and just become irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next for these two is two home games. Cavalry return home to play York on Sunday, Friday night again in Winnipeg. As Atletico Auto have a short trip uh, this week, a short short week this week after playing on Sunday, Vancouver Island. Mitch, stay with me. Let's take a look at the CPL standings. And do you want to frame it, Mitch? I mean, this is pretty beautiful for us neutrals, no?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Let's six points separate first and sixth. That's incredibly, incredibly close. Um, Like we said, you know, there's going to be a lot of tiebreakers. There's going to be a lot of that sort of thing that we're going to want to keep an eye on as the weeks go ahead. And of course, uh, the new five team playoff format. And um, that's that's important, not just for, you know, having that extra spot, but those clubs that like Valor, who, you know, before it might have seemed like it was beyond reach. But now they have something to play for till the very end. So that will keep things incredibly exciting.
0: Pretty special. Pacific top with 32 points from 19. Cavalry, two back of the same games played. Forger played one more. They're at 30. Atletico Water on 19 as well at 28 points. Halifax, 19 games played at 28 as well. York, I played one more with 20 and at 26, still clinging on Valor on 20 points from 19 and Vancouver still have nine games to play, not too far away on 14 points as well. Let's take a look at week 19 ahead four games on three days again, starting on Friday night. Valor against Athletico Ottawa on Friday night, at seven p.m. local. That should be a pretty big one as well. And Valor, we know, have momentum. And when they have momentum at home, they can be dangerous. On Saturday, a double header starts at one o'clock local with the BC Derby, the Tony Bet match of the week. Forge against Halifax is a great one on Saturday night, and Cavalry against York on Sunday. Mitch, a quick one for you. If you could pick one out, which is the one that's essential
7: viewing. Ooh, I think I'll go Forge versus Halifax, just the way both those clubs are playing. That'll be a big match for Halifax in terms of, you know, just wanting to, to beat Forge. So I'll go with that one
0: that will be a pretty good one
7: as well. And I think you're on Cavalry York next week for us as well, which is also
0: going to be a really, really big game for both teams. Um, as we keep talking about every single week. Uh, thanks again, Mitch. We always appreciate your work. Keep it up at campiel.ca. We end up the show then through the way, the way we started. And that's with Atlético Ottawa. One loss in their last name, nine games. Truly the form team in the league is in the nation's capital. Here come the 2022 regular season champions, just four points off the top, having not spent any time yet still in the top three. After another narrow win, I joined Gareth Wheeler and Jordan Wilson on the one soccer set post-game to talk with their goal-scoring hero of the week, Ollie Bassett. Ottawa let's bring in our Gatorade performer of the match
1: congratulations he was your match winner today as well Ollie bassett gets to chime in with us again uh, Ollie congrats on the Gatorade performer of the game as well as the win today I saw this you putting your hands up to your ear was it something that Christian Jack said to you when he <laughs> interviewed you last week or was there something else going on there <laughs> Um, no, <laughs> um,
4: no, you know, I play against my former team. <laughs> um, you know, I always get a bit of stick when I come here. So, yeah, it's just a, kind of a common theme now that, um, you know, if I score, I, uh, I tend to give a little bit back.
0: Thanks, Ali. I know you've always got my back. Uh, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk about your team. You've got their back. Uh, this was a proper team effort, no mm. doubt about it. What did you think playing in it and watching the last 10 minutes? What did you think of your team's performance?
4: Yeah, I thought it was it was very good. I think first half um, we kind of dropped an extra midfielder um, in the build out to try and give us, you know, a little bit more control of the game. Um, and then second half, you know, we always knew we were going to be under pressure, um, especially after going one up. And you know, we kind of do what we do best. And that's um, defend and, and you know, be hard to beat. Um, and I think I just want to say, um, I think Tier, Tier Walker played the first, you know, 60, 65 minutes um, is his first professional start. Um, And I think it's probably as good of a performance, you know, as a as a professional star that I've ever been a part of. So, I thought he was unbelievable um, for the time that he was on the pitch. Um, Yeah, I want to give full credit to him because he's worked extremely hard, um, you know, ever since he's been with us uh, for the last 12 months. And yeah, he's come on leaps and bounds. And you know, I'm I'm very very happy for him.
3: Ali, a true leader to give mention to to the young buck and the 19-year-old. I thought Tier had a great performance as well. With you, you have eight goals now. You had eight last season. Is the golden boot, is is that on the horizon for you? Because it looks like you're cruising. Even a game where you just keep the ball ticking, you somehow find a way to score. Uh, Are you knocking on that door and trying to get Terran Campbell?
4: (laughs) Well, he got another one yesterday, so I think I was three (laughs) behind him before tonight. um, Or today, sorry. But, yeah, I think I just take every game as it comes. Um, You know, I think when you start scoring, you know, consistently, you you go into every game kind of confident that if you get, you know, one or two chances, you can... uh, you can put it in the back of the net, and, you know, I just tried to take advantage of maybe a little, you know, lapsing concentration from them, and, yeah, I was lucky enough to, to get on the end of that one and, and put it in.
1: Ollie, your team is on an absolute roll. I thought last week was a character point that you came away with, coming from behind twice in that game to play to a 3-3. This game completely different, but once again, a game that you were in control over. The table is incredibly tight. Four points separate you from the top of the table. Do you feel like that's within touching distance, that that is achievable to go on and win the regular season once again?
4: Yeah, yeah, I do. I think so. I think today was, you know, important that we came away with three points um, just because, you know, of how how big the gap would have been if if they'd have beat us or, or we'd have only took a point. Um, you know, I think they say it's a six-pointer. And, yeah, I think today was a, was a big six-pointer, and it gives us, you know, kind of momentum now for for the rest of the season. You know, I think that the table's extremely tight. Um, you know, we always say you're only kind of two wins off top and, and two losses, you know, out of the playoffs. So, yeah, we'll keep working and, and keep doing what we do. And, you know, fingers crossed by the end of the year, um, we're, we're up there again.
1: Well done, Ollie. Congratulations. Uh, good work to you and the team. Absolute class. Almost as classy as Bassett's all sorts. Almost. <laughs> A- almost as classy <laughs> on, as like on
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah, thank you. Thanks, KJ. Thanks, guys.